And we are back with the New York Baseball Podcast. It's been a long time. Had a little bit of a hiatus here. My name is Ari Weiss. I am joined alongside Hunter Hoffman, who is a first-time guest on the pod. And we are also joined by Braves World Series champion, Tyler Matzik. Uh, how are you guys doing today? Hey. I'm doing great, man. Fantastic. Recovering from COVID, but uh, besides that, we're doing good. Yes, yes. And uh, I'm glad you're feeling better from that. Uh, that's that's definitely scary. So I'm, I'm glad you're feeling better. And you know what, at least it didn't happen during the World Series, right? I guess you can look at it that way. But, uh, but obviously, I'm glad you're feeling better. But yeah, absolutely. yeah, so yeah, definitely. Absolutely. So uh, the last time we spoke, Tyler, the Braves had made it to the NLCS in 2020. Uh, the Braves had made it to the NLCS versus the Dodgers. Um, this year, you had a new team, right? You lost to Cunha at the uh, near the deadline. Uh, you made a lot of trades, credit to Alex Anthopoulos, uh, with the Rosario trade, the Duval trade, the Soler trade, and Peterson trade. How did the Braves and you overcome that huge loss of Ronald Acuna Jr., your best player on the team, and make it all the way to the World Series and win the whole World Series? Yeah, Alex did a great job of filling the holes, man. Uh, you know, Ronald obviously got hurt, and that was a very disappointing thing. He's a huge part to our team. You know, he kind of sets the tone for the whole team. So losing him, uh, it was a huge hole to fill. Uh, you know, Marcelo Zuna, that whole situation, that was also another hole we had to fill um, that people don't really remember or realize that, uh, you know, that guy's an MVP caliber player. And, um, you know, it, it kind of left a hole in our lineup. And then uh, I think the other thing that really, really hurt us was Travis Darno going down. He went down early on in the year. We lost uh, Alex Jackson early on too. So we were about – both of our, our – starting catcher and our backup catcher uh, to start the season. So, you know, we got, I think one of our biggest acquisitions is honestly getting Travis near the deadline. When he came back, our, our bullpen got better. Our starting pitchers got better. Our defense as a whole got better. Um, you know, just having a veteran presence, presence back there made a huge difference. Um, you know, but Alex went out and did the, the moves he needed to make in order to fill the holes in the outfield. And uh, you know, obviously that guy knew what he was doing because uh, those guys were, were huge going for us down the stretch. Yeah. I think we can give the GM of the year award to Alex Anthopoulos. I mean, he did a hell of a job with that. I mean, those, those trades, I mean, nobody would look at those trades and say, wow, at the deadline, those are going to be crazy trades. And, and it turned out to be the, those are the great, those are amazing trades, but that, that was incredible. And uh, look, that, that, that worked out for you guys. Obviously you won the whole world series, but yeah, definitely. Yeah. Yeah, like you said, like we didn't, I mean, we gave up some pieces, uh, don't get me wrong, but, you know, when we look at it, uh, you know, the caliber of player we got in the playoffs, I mean, to fill the holes that we needed to fill, uh, I don't think we could have gotten any better trades. So, uh, Tyler, before y'all went, you know, over 500, got those guys, how was the clubhouse feeling? And then once you go out, you get Peterson, you get vote, those initial two trades. How was the clubhouse doing after? What was like the atmosphere kind of like? Uh, the atmosphere before was fine, man. It was, uh, you know, it was like, honestly, everybody else was talking saying all these things that were terrible and blah, blah, blah. We're all looking around saying, I mean, we're playing okay baseball and we're playing a lot of injured guys. A lot of our key guys are not coming back off the, you know, we were expecting to have Soroka. So he, had, he was out the whole year. Uh, you know, we just had a lot of things happen. And we were, we heard a bunch of other teams saying, you know, or the media saying a bunch of other things about other teams, like, oh, you know, the Mets are hurt and all these other teams are hurt. And we, 
I think Max Freed threw to eight different catchers in his 30s, in his 30 starts. You know, I don't think there's any other, I could be wrong. I don't, I'm guessing. I don't think there's probably another starting pitcher who played for almost the whole entire year who threw to a different, to that many different catchers. So I think, uh, you know, the atmosphere in our clubhouse was just like, whatever, here's another blow. Let's keep going. No problem. Let's keep going. Let's keep going. Let's keep going. And, uh, you know, when, when, uh, unfortunately we lost Charlie in the playoffs to the world series, um, you know, it was just another, we've been here, we've done it, you know, okay. I mean, we'll figure a way out to fill that, fill that void. Yeah. And, and I think during the season too, and, and be, being a Mets fan, unfortunately, I, I witnessed this firsthand. Um, but obviously the Braves weren't over 500 until I believe it was mid-season. And all Mets fans around me and the, and the, and the New York media were all like, wow, the, the Braves are not going to be able to catch up. The Braves were only like four games back that whole entire time. They were never truly out of it. It, was, it just seemed like it because you have to get over 500, right? But you were always, you were, the whole season, you were, you were, you were there. Um, and then obviously the deadline happened. You, you guys just exploded. Max Fried had one of the best second halves in baseball this year, I believe. Um, and it was, that was just crazy. Um, and I also wanted to ask you, uh, how, how much credit do you give the coaches, like Brian Snicker, first-time World Series champion? Um, I believe a few other coaches on that on that coaching staff, Walt Weiss, um, Rick Kranitz, all the coaches on, on the staff. Washington. Washington, him too, yeah. So how much credit do you give those guys as well? Yeah, I mean, our coaching staff is a, a great mix of, of old school knowledge and like new school analytics stuff. So, you know, we, we don't live and die by the analytics. Uh, we go with the, what our gut is saying. And um, I mean, those guts are the right guts, honestly. You ask me, they, they've been in baseball for a long time. They know what they're doing. And uh, yeah, we as, a, as, a, as players truly trust our coaches and know that what they're, what they're telling us is what's going to make us a better team. Um, yeah, I can't, can't ask for more out of those guys. Uh, Tyler, so Jock Peterson, obviously, you know, it's kind of a character, you know, with all the the, the burgundy boys, uh, with the wine and all that. Uh, any like funny stories with either him or any of the other guys from the clubhouse, you know, during that season? Man, uh, I mean, a couple things. One, Luke Jackson, he said he <laughs> he'd met Jock or knew Jock before we we asked him when we traded. He said, "Hey, anybody know this guy?" And Luke's like, "Yeah, I heard stories, man. He's a terrible guy, a terrible guy." And I'm like. <laughs> No, you don't. And he's like, yeah, dude, I had a buddy one time who did. Luke just comes up with some random story off the top of his head that like <laughs> some guy like didn't like Luke or, or didn't like Jock when he was like 19 years old or something. I'm like, Luke, he's like 30 years now. Like he's 30 years old now. It's not the same guy. He's like, oh, no, we'll see. We'll see. It ended up being like they're like best buds. They're like the ones that started the wine thing together yeah. and all this stuff. And we we tell Jock all the time, like, hey, you don't hang out with that guy, man. He was talking crap before you got here. And he's like, ah, screw him. Blah, blah, blah. Uh <laughs> You know the thing, man, when he showed up with pearls, man, I was like, I told him, I was like, dude, those are terrible. What are you wearing? <laughs> and he's like, bro, pearls, man, they're going to catch on. I'm telling you, they're going to catch on. They caught on. Yeah. Machine Gun <laughs> Kelly and Justin Bieber wore them at some awards event. The pearls are going to catch on. I'm like, dude, that's the dumbest thing I've ever heard in my life. Dude, that's so stupid. I gave him crap for like a week straight, and all of a sudden – everybody just started loving the pearls i'm like this guy actually knows what he's doing all right never mind he knows the pearls were going to catch on so yeah man he, he's a great great guy in the clubhouse great uh he, he definitely uh, sets the tone and the atmosphere for the clubhouse did it help uh having obviously jock being a world series champion last year but did he was he able to 
share that experience from his last year's World Series uh, with the younger guys in the team? Uh, you know, he's just – Jock would show up every single day and be Jock. And I think that uh, doing that kind of just takes pressure off everybody, man. Like, and it, it kind of rubs off on everybody else today. We're just playing another baseball game, you know. When we would – in the World Series, man, we were – it was like a regular season game. It kind of like, yeah, kind of had to pinch yourself and be like, Hey, let's go. This is a world series. Start paying attention kind of thing. Cause before the game, you'd just be hanging out, having fun, you know, acting like it's a mid season game in July, you know? And uh, yeah, man, it just, when you have that kind of atmosphere in the clubhouse, nobody's getting too high. Nobody's getting too low. It's a fun place to be. It's a great place to you know show up and work every single day. And so, uh, yeah, man, like I said, he sets the tone in that, in that clubhouse. We're talking with Tyler Matzik right now, uh, World Series champion for the Atlanta Braves in 2021. And Tyler, a big part from last year and this year is obviously the presence of fans in the stands. Obviously, last year you didn't have fans all the way up until the NLCS. This year you had fans pretty much the whole season, and especially in the World Series at home. And your, your record at home showed that the fans helped. I think you went 7-1 and one at Shura's Park. How much did the fans get behind you guys, and how different was it playing in front of fans? And, and how much did that help you? obviously we saw all the raw emotions from you and your teammates on the, on the mound in the batter's box. How much of that played a role in your, in your success this season? Yeah. I mean, playing without fans kind of stunk. I'm not going to lie. I had some practice with that when I was in indie ball. Uh, and it's never fun. Uh, it's always, it's always more fun to play in front of the fans, have that energy and feel that energy in the playoffs. Our fans were fantastic. Uh, they were in it on every single game. You could feel the energy. Sometimes you could feel that the crowd was nervous and they were actually like really quiet, everybody focusing on the game. Uh, you know, and it was uh, it was a very interesting, amazing thing to be a part of, man. Those fans have been waiting for so long to be, you know, in the World Series and be watching games like that. So, um, yeah, man, it's just – it's way better to play in front of fans. The energy is so much better, and uh, that's the way baseball is supposed to be played. Hunter, you were there, right? <laughs> yeah, uh, game six, uh, NLCS, you came in, shoved. That was electric. I was there. It was awesome. I mean, you know, just I, I, what do you do when you go back in the dugout after that happens? Dude, I, I don't know, man. Like, I <laughs> I like – so after that, they, that's the game where I came in and saved the runs from second and third, right? Yes, yes. yes. <laughs> yeah, so I knew I just had to come in and do my job and then – once I got like, I don't know, man, I just had so much emotion going through me. I, like I said, I got celebrated after I struck Mookie out and I was like so excited. I came back in the dugout and I'm sitting there looking at the board and I'm like, I probably got to go out there again. So, all right. And then they came up to me and they were saying, Hey, you might not, you might. And I'm like, no, let's do it. I'm ready to go. And the problem is you have to hit. And I'm like, all right, hell yeah, let's hit. Like, I want to swing it. <laughs> and so I'm sitting there thinking in like the LCS, I'm going to get my first at bat of the season. I forget who was throwing. I mean, it was probably, it was the Dodgers. So it was probably some hundred mile an hour pitcher. But hey, you know what? I was like, dude, if it's, I'm going to go hit and I'm going to go pitch. Let's go do this, man. I want to play. So, uh, you know, I think Travis actually ended up striking out or flying out or something like that. And I was so disappointed because I wanted to swing it. But, uh, <laughs> But yeah, went back out there, got the next three guys out, and we ended up going on to win that game. Hey, Bruce Dark Griderall, Blake Trinan, what do they got on you, right? I mean, come on, <laughs> you can hit those guys, <laughs> right? <laughs> um, but yeah, and that kind of leads me to my next point. When when you mentioned the hitting, um, and this is sort of like a whole baseball question, and what's going to happen next year in the DH, not DH. Um, what what what? Is, and I'm asking this from a pitcher's perspective. 
do you want to see the DH in the National League or do you like the old school mentality of baseball? What What is your take on that, Tyler? Let me hear it. Well, I mean, selfishly, I really don't care as a reliever. It's whatever. I don't. I mean, they're usually pinch hitting for me or for, for me when I'm on the offensive side of it and they're pinch hitting when I'm pitching against the pitcher's spot anyway. So it doesn't really change much for me. Um, I know that my boy Max Freed's going out and he went in Silver Slugger Award, so I'm sure he wants to keep swinging. And that guy rakes. So, you know, for Max's sake, I wouldn't mind if, the, if it stayed with the old school rules. But either way, man, I'm fine with it. Great. Uh, so we were talking about the clubhouse. Um, is there anyone specific in the bullpen? I know uh, you and Luke Jackson, I think, get along pretty well. Um, I know Tomlin's out there, even though he didn't pitch a lot this year. Uh, you know, anything from a clubhouse kind of perspective out in the bullpen? Well, I lost you. Can you see it again? Uh, I know the, uh, the bull, uh, we were talking clubhouse the bullpen out there. Um, I know you and Luke Jackson seem to be uh, good buddies. Um, I know Tomlin's out there, even though he didn't pitch a lot. Um, I've heard, I, but I'm not there. I've heard that, you know, he's, he's a big guy out there. Just kind of what's, what's going on like clubhouse wise out in the bullpen specifically. Yeah, man, everybody gets along so well down there that like, honestly, we, we like invite, we call them QB ones. We invite our starters to come on down, come visit. And they're like, they're so scared to like come down. Like, Hey, we're going to mess up the vibes. And I'm like, bro, you're not going to mess the vibes up down there. <laughs> we, we sit in the back room and hang out and watch the TV, you know, the game on the TV and just, you know, shoot the shit with the boys for like yeah. the first five innings. And then when we see your pitch count get a little high, then we start like moving around guy. You're not going to ruin the vibes. So they're like, okay, they come down. And they'll come down and they're like, dude, this is awesome. This is how you take in a game and all this stuff. And I'm like, yeah, it's just, it's man, it's just such a good atmosphere for the guys just hanging out. And, uh, you know, we, we do pay attention to the game. We have our, our pitching coach, Drew French. He's on top of us making sure like, hey, you guys want to start moving around a little bit? It's like the fifth inning. You guys want to, oh, yeah, yeah, we're moving, we're moving. So, uh, yeah, man, it's just like a big brotherhood down there. Guys just – I don't know. We wear each other out, but yet we love each other at the same time. So it's, it's a, it's a great, great atmosphere down there. Yeah. And I was going to ask like, what are some things and we hear of like bullpen games or, or whatever, like what, what are some things in particular that you guys do to pass time in the bullpen, whether it's a game or, or I don't know anything, like what, what do you guys do to pass time down there? Man, I don't know that we're really playing games or anything. We're usually just talking and hanging out, you know, but when you can spend, uh, like what we do, we spent 162 games together. You know, you get to know those people pretty well. And um, you talk about a lot of random weird things and you, you get to know the ins and outs of people's lives uh, just because anything they got on them, you know, we kind of want to know, Hey, what, what do you got going on? You know, are you good? You bad? Anything. It's kind of open book down there. Just anybody has anything to say, go ahead and say it. So uh, yeah, when you can do that and you have that like openness and trust with everybody, everybody is free to be themselves um it's uh it's a beautiful thing to get the most out of your players when you do that um yeah and kind of building on that i know uh luke jackson uh gave you a nickname uh this year um 
I know my neighbors were probably thinking I was insane when I was yelling uh, said nickname at my TV a lot. (laughs) (laughs) How, How do you feel about that nickname? It's nothing new, man. When I was in high school, everyone used to call me Sack because of that. You know, it's my dad. My dad was named that, called that in high school. It's just my nick, my last name kind of sounds with it, kind of rhymes with it. I get it. You know, it's nothing new. Um, yeah, he when he came up to me, he's like, "Hey, I, I sent out a tweet. Check it out." And I was like, "Okay." So I look at it and I'm like, "Dude, Luke, really?" And then it just like took off from there. And then uh, I got a bunch of random things, man. I got like Manscaped hit me up, which is, I don't know if you guys know what that is, but it's like, uh, it's like a shaving company. Like, they say like, hey man, like love the nickname, love the, can we get a promotional thing? And I was just like, oh my, this is, this is taking on a whole new thing. Like, oh man, I just, I'm just trying to play baseball, man. <laughs> <laughs> that's funny that manscapers out to that's pretty funny uh yeah. but yeah and you know what this this podcast wouldn't be complete if i didn't ask you this question um obviously you had the world series parade that must have been pretty awesome right and <laughs> something happened in the world series parade that a lot of fans saw and they thought was pretty funny can you give us like what happened like your whole take like like all we saw was like the short 10 second video on twitter can you kind of give us more insight on what actually happened there <laughs> yeah so i mean we had a great the parade was awesome uh, you know, I want to start this off by saying all the police officers are, police officers involved did a great job and, uh, you know, kept us all safe. All the fans were safe. I was safe. Everybody was safe. So that was the first thing. But, uh, yeah, I was up on the top of the bus and I was just having a great time. And I saw all the fans and I'm like, you know, I want to go give these people like high fives and hugs. Like, I'm so happy right now. <laughs> so I go ahead and I get out down the, the bottom level of the uh, double decker bus. I say, hey, can you pop the door? And he's like, yeah, sure. I don't care. So I get out and I just start high-fiving all the fans, man, running up and down the lines. And uh, so I ran around the passenger side and ran in front of our bus and then down the driver's side. And then as I was coming, I went back across and was running back up the passenger side. But the cop didn't see me get off the bus because the bus had been kept moving. And so I come flying around the back of the bus that was behind our bus. And he's like, what in the heck is this guy doing? He thought I was just a random fan because I went flying, dude, like rounding third, heading for home, kind of flying around this bus. And he steps out and grabs me. And I'm like sitting there like, you know, I'm sitting there thinking like, okay, I'm part of this parade. Like, I don't have to worry about this. He grabs me. I'm sitting like, oh, he wants to take a picture or something. So as he starts like turning me, I turn and look at him and he grabs my arm really hard. I'm like, no, he doesn't want to take a picture. Okay. (laughs) Uh, so once I realized he was actually like, who are you? What are you doing? I was like, oh, okay. That's, sorry, man. I got my credentials in my pocket. They're supposed to be around my neck. I got them in my pocket. And then he pulled it out and he's like, dude, what are you doing off the bus? I was like, I don't know, man. It was a bad decision, but uh, thanks. And he's like, all right, man, just get back on the bus, man. I'm trying to keep you safe. And I said, all right, thanks, officer. I just took off. He was totally cool. Um, but yeah, man, I came flying around that bus and I think I just surprised him. He thought I was like some crazy fan that was running out there. And, uh, you know, if it was the crazy fan running out there, I would want him to be stopping the guy. So the cop did a great job. Um, you know, Cobb County and officers, Georgia State Police, uh, Atlanta Police, everybody that was involved, everybody. I mean, you know, if the worst thing that happens in that whole entire parade is, you know, a mistaken identity. That sounds good to me. You know what I mean? Everybody else was safe. No problem. So it was a great day. Hundred <laughs> percent. Yeah, uh, more postseason stuff. Um, obviously, you know the fans are great. All that. Do you have a favorite, like specific moment from the postseason this year? Man, I think uh, my 
a selfish moment was probably beating the Dodgers in game six, having that, that two innings where uh, I struck out those guys. Uh, I mean, that was, I was just going to be happy with just going out there, giving up one run and just hopefully getting out of there with a lead, you know, for that to happen. Unbelievable. But I think number, number two, and it's like a team thing, probably just winning it. And just like knowing that, like Freddie said, like in 30 years, when we get to come back to the stadium and have a reunion, like I get to see all my boys again uh, that were on the, the 2021 uh, World Series championship team. So I'm looking forward to that, man. And I just knew that like in that moment, once we did it, it was like, these are my, these are my guys for life. And um, yeah, it's just, it solidifies that family. That's all. And I, and I wanted to like kind of piggyback off that, but Freddie Freeman, obviously like, like Mr. Brave, right. I mean, he's been with the organization for a long time and he's been waiting for this. What, and obviously this topic means a lot to him, but have you had, have you, obviously you have, but what, what kind of, what was going through his mind when, when you finally won the world series and obviously he's been with the Braves such a long time, it's family. What, 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 what did that mean to him? And uh, what, what was, what were his emotions like after that moment? Yeah. I mean, Freddie had an unbelievable year this year and I think it was just, you know, he was wanting to go ahead and win and for us to go out there and do it. I know he's been through some, some rough teams and he's been on some good teams as well, but to give the city that uh, has kind of brought him in and and given him so much, I know it meant a lot for him to be able to give that back to the city, city of Atlanta. Um, You know, he's a heck of a guy, heck of a ball player. And uh, to be part of a team where I was able to help Freddie, Freddie Freeman win a, a world series, uh, I mean, that's something I can hang my hat on. You know what I mean? That's a, it's a good thing for him. And I'm just so happy for him. Yeah. Uh, a little throwback uh, question. So spring training 2020, I know you go in there, you know, non-roster invitee. Um, you go in there thinking, you know, I'm going to make it, but when's the moment that really clicked? Like, Oh, I'm going to make this roster. Actually, I didn't even think that, you know, I was just hoping not to, I was just hoping not to get released and so many, I think three, (laughs) three spring trainings before that I'd gotten released every single time. So I just wanted to, I was just like, dude, let's just make a triple A team. I'd be happy with that. Um, Yeah. It brought me up. I I knew that I was in a good place mentally with the yips and physically with my body and throwing strikes and stuff. So I was like, dude, this is the chance where I'm actually like feeling really, really good about playing baseball. And, um, so yeah, once I got out there and was given the opportunity, I think I came into a bases loaded situation in spring training against the Red Sox. And I think they had their, their big guys up too. I think it was like, I think it was Devers, Martinez, and somebody else, uh, was able to go in there and I think I struck out two or three of them. Uh, you know, once I did that, it was kind of just like, all right, you're right where you need to be. Now just go and be aggressive and get after it. And, um, you know, I didn't really care about uh, making the team or any of that stuff. That's for other people to worry about. I just could control what I could control. And that was for me to go out every single day and be aggressive and, and pound the strike zone. So that's what I looked to do. And that's what I was trying to do. And, and it paid off. Tyler, this has been a blast. Thank you so much for joining us. And again, congratulations on the World Series ring. Enjoy it. And as Freddie said, in 30 years from now, you'll be going to that reunion and you'll be seeing all your boys and everybody there. So thanks again. And you're welcome back on the podcast anytime you want.